Welcome back, folks. Six Degrees of Associations podcast. I am your producer, Casey Callanan, jumping on today's episode with your normal host, Lucas McCann. Hello, Lucas. Hello, hello. Nice to be on this side for once, actually. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, as as um, as listeners, loyal listeners to this program will know, Lucas is the president and CEO of Core Adventures, and if you pay attention closely, you'll know Six Degrees of Associations is a podcast production of Core Adventures. So today, Lucas, I just want to grab you, and we're going to talk a little bit about how associations can drive revenue in today's modern environment. Um, But first and foremost, let's do some introductions because listeners who have seen you host a lot of these episodes may have never really known too much about you. So first of all, tell us about who you are and what you do and what brought you to where we're at today. Sure. Uh, it's a couple of decades long in the association space. So I'll give you, I'll give you the abridged version. Uh, I sort of cut my teeth in the association space, um, selling member benefit programs directly to members outbound calls. I got a lot of opportunities to speak with members, you know, what they thought about value. Uh, I I jumped around with different organizations and within some of those organizations, you know, doing marketing, trying to get some experience there, some analytics, research, some analysis, uh, operations, technology. I think I've, I think I've touched every part of it. um, I think, which, which gives me a unique opportunity to sort of understand how operationally all these things fit together within an organization, within a company, and then marry that up with just working with over a thousand associations. Uh, it, it sort of, it builds towards what we're building today at Core Ventures, which is what we call an ecosphere. It's a, it's a family of brands that help service associations and drive revenue and growth. Like all the organizations are very growth-minded internally and externally, meaning we as an organization are focused on growing and working with associations, our role with them is also to help them find ways to grow, right? Which takes revenue. And so a lot of it is revenue generation focused. And uh, we like to create good alignment with each organization where if we're being successful, it's because they're being successful. Makes perfect sense. And as you mentioned, Core Adventures is a family of brands that essentially helps associations. So let's break down some of the pieces of that family. And I'm going to start with Big Red M. Tell us about Big Red M, a part of the Core Adventures family. What's it all about? Yeah, Big Red M, uh, formerly the Murray Company, which many associations know, was around for more than a decade, built and inspired by J.P. Murray. We acquired the Murray Company with J.P. about a year and a half, 18 months ago, uh, and have been working uh, as we do to help grow and, and build the brand around that organization. It's a fractional resource uh, for sales. So we're doing membership sales, sponsorship sales, exhibit sales, revenue generation activities that the association's not there necessarily their core competency or they want to help mitigate some of the risk of having full-time employees and onboarding, which in you know the recent environment is a big deal. And just having a team mentality. So, right, we're not just bringing, it's not a smile and dial call center. Um, We tell people that right up front. We price ourselves as such. We're a premium brand in the industry. But you're getting decades and decades of experience within Red M. So you're getting a full-time account executive who is calling members, joining strategy sessions internally, membership, 
they have a leader who uh, has had over a decade in the industry who's helping them develop strategies around building inventory, solving problems, difficult conversations with members, larger opportunities. Um, and then beyond that, you have the rest of the management team within the organization, which adds another couple of decades for larger term opportunities where you want to take over your event, you want to talk about going international, you want to go larger with your membership scope, you want to talk about acquiring association, and then all of that sort of breeds in other opportunities within our research and consulting department where we're doing um, membership strategy, full sponsorship and dues renewals, uh, sponsored research, industry research, surveying. I, I think we have 18 different programs over there now, and, and we call them programs specifically because Historically, they were projects, right? When when I sort of came into um, the Murray Company, Big Red M, we were doing a lot of, hey, let's do a 60 or 90 day review of X, Y, and Z, or let's talk about a strategic planning one-time event. And what we, what we really changed is we want to be a long-term partner. And so we position ourselves as we don't just want to come in and, and do one thing and be done. We would rather space this out into a series of things that we can work with you together on to understand uh, were we successful in what we did. And, and we were finding, hey, we'd, we'd come in, we'd flash in the pan, we'd do 90-day project, we'd give you all the resources, the recommendations, the findings, and then we'd circle back a year later. And in some instances, not all, in some instances, some of the recommendations had never been implemented. We would ask why. And the shortest answer was we just didn't have the resources. Okay, well, we could have been that resource. And so we, we sort of evolved into we'd rather be the long-term partnership. This is how we're going to do business now. But let's put together a series of programs maybe that that work together in tandem and we can learn from each other um, over a two-, three-year, in some cases, five-year period uh, and ride along with you to help facilitate that growth and be a partner in all of that. Awesome stuff. All right. And just to reset the conversation for listeners, you're listening to the Six Degrees of Associations podcast, which is a production of Core Adventures. Now, what's Core Adventures? It's a family of brands that's helping associations. Big Red M, Core Affinity. At the end of the day, we're talking a lot about raising revenue. You may have hear, heard the old cliche, no margin, no mission. I mean, this is clearly okay. important things to keeping the lights on. So that's a good one. Not... We can laugh about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all have great intentions to to make a difference, but without that margin, there just won't be the mission. It's just not a sustainable endeavor without it. Yeah. So, kind of the the core of not to, you know, not not to no pun intended, but the core of today's conversation is definitely all about raising revenue to keep the lights on and to keep that mission thriving. So, Lucas, tell us about what are some ways you're seeing it's 2023. Uh, what are the creative ways that associations out there are, in fact, raising revenue? We know in this post-COVID environment, um, it's not easy and a lot has changed in the last few years. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, newer creative ideas and, and some have been around for you know for decades and are just now becoming more popular and there's a, a lot of technologies that folks are leveraging which i think we'll we can get into in a second so my adage sometimes that i would say is you can't have revenue without engagement but you also can't have engagement without revenue right so it it takes both and it's only a, it's only a two spice secret recipe 
but you have to have both of those to make it happen. And so, uh, you know, partnerships have always been the largest source, whether that's a partnership with a, a member organization who wants to promote themselves, whether it's an outside sponsor or partner who's bringing real value to the table through an affinity program, or whether it's sponsors and partners that want to get into that industry in other ways, right? I want to get in through your events. I want to get in through your apps. I want to get in through your advocacy. Uh, and we've seen some more recently, the larger, um, the larger sort of fortune 500 companies creeping into newer markets. So we're advocating sort of outside the box sponsorship thoughts, right? So there's a larger, there's a number of large organizations who are looking at things like sustainability and, and we're, we're crossing industries where we haven't really seen some of that. So, um, there, there's, I feel like there's a thousand different ways, Casey, to get creative with a, with a sponsorship piece. Uh, and the other thing that we've been looking at is sponsorship around research. So there's a, there's a big draw for information and it was always the case that your association was bringing all the information and then the new age of internets, right? It's not new anymore, but brought this access point to all of this content and data. And so some folks felt like, well, I can get what I need. I don't need to join my association. But I think there's coming full circle to the association being sort of a true point of um, unique information and unique research, right? So there's an exponentially growing amount of sort of chat GPT type data, which this technology just goes out and basically scrapes on the internet and what's out there and repurposes it. And there's, oh gosh, it just, it kind of makes me gag a little bit just thinking about how much of that there is out there. And we were talking about this recently, Casey, like, well, we could use some of this for blog content. And you rightly said, let's not do that. There's really no unique voice in that. There's very little uh, to any unique content in that. And so the the association uh, we're proposing, they create voice and content around research. So we're doing deep dives into what sometimes it's industry, sometimes it's member-focused things, and then building out a sponsorship for somebody who really wants to attach themselves to that unique content that unique content that's being created out of the research, but then being analyzed in kind of a unique way. And that's something I think that's become really, really attractive. I mean, associations are, for lack of a word, an influencer, right? In the, in the Instagram world, people are following influencers in all social media, but right. And, and they've become high dollar marks for sponsors because they have an audience and association has always been that. And so it's really about thinking how can they monetize that that influence that they have, that influencer position in a way that is still adding the value, right? You, you can't just lean on that leverage one time and be done. You do have to be providing unique content and specific education and all of those things. But it's a lot of it is thinking of themselves as an influencer and, and acting as such. Yeah, I couldn't have said that any better myself. I mean, you're talking about things. I mean, influencer marketing could not be a hotter thing right now in social media, and 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 that's just a fact. And listen, associations are 
the originals in this space. I mean, they they have the brand equity, people know them, and they also are in a niche. So that's another coveted aspect about why um, associations are in such an, I'm so optimistic right now on yeah. on how things on the internet is is shaping things and, and how, where associations sit in this conversation. Um, is there any little stories or nuggets or experiences um, recently that you wanted to share with listeners as we work towards wrapping up on ways that um, people have been able to, or, or your you know, family of brands has been able to come in there and help leverage that uh, brand equity, as we call it, and help them, you know, make the most of that influencer positions that associations just naturally have, um, which is huge right now. Well, I can't. One, one of the things that I also wanted to add into that influencer position, I feel like is underutilized is the the private groups, right? So it, in, in their platform of the association to membership, that can get si- kind of diluted if you're out there just on your LinkedIn page or their Instagram page, because right, anybody can follow that. But creating these private groups within that I would, is something that I've seen. And whether they decide to monetize that, like you charge for the group to, to get access, or you give it away with membership, which I'm always a fan of, like they've already paid, why restrict it any further? is an extra layer of authenticating that they're actually members to be in the group and somebody has to keep up with that, but there are ways to automate that in a fashion. But that anywhere you're creating the closed group community piece, and it doesn't have to be, hey, I need to buy a separate community platform, you can leverage some of these social media platforms um, for the access point of the private group and then take it to the next level and provide all the content that you need. But it's just I think it's creating more unique channels because there's tons of unique content. A lot of these associations outside of advocacy have great partnerships. Um, it's just creating the exclusivity and the channel more than anything else is what we've been kind of leaning in on and promoting. And then once you have those unique channels that are completely closed loop in a lot of ways, then then you can really leverage a sponsorship, really leverage um, a research project relationship. Uh, and give them the best. Because a lot of them, as you know, come with all the al- analytics baked in, which is not just, you know, not just a logo in the feed somewhere or somebody who's paid to get access as a sponsor can then engage. It's it's about the, the quantitative aspect of what am I getting outside of my name on here? Who and how am I measuring it, right? Everything today needs to be measured in some capacity. I don't want the shotgun anymore. I want to be really laser focused. I want to pick specific keywords. I want to really narrow down from 10,000. I really want to focus on these thousand. And so as a sponsor, as anybody who's coming in, that's where they would find the value is the, you know, the laser rather than the light bulb is the old adage. And that's something we've been focused on. And I've been working in associations. And I remember when I started my first full-time position at an association in 2013, non-member dues raising non-member dues was always this buzzword. It was always kind of a hot topic of conversation. Um, And then also, of course, recruitment and retention of existing members was the other key piece. And I think those those are still true to this day because recruitment and retention of, of, you know, membership of your membership base is obviously going to take care of a huge piece of the puzzle. And then if you can raise 
non-member dues. I mean, are you covering all your bases with those two or was there anything you wanted to add to that? Well, so just speaking of dues, again, there's just too many associations who've not taken the initiative to raise dues. I mean, again, I think I, we mentioned on another, another episode, I ran into an association who read, hadn't raised their dues in 10 years. I just about fell out of my chair and, and there was really no good reason for it. And we don't need to speculate. It, the fact was they just hadn't raised their dues. And in this type of environment, again, we mentioned it, we're paying five times more than, you know, for eggs and everything else. It's not that not only do people expect it, like it sort of says, if you haven't raised your dues, you haven't raised your value. So is that true? Are you providing the same value you did 10 years ago? Well, shame on you. Uh, but let's talk about that. Like maybe you have the greatest value proposition of all time and we're just not positioning it correctly. And where are members, right? Have you done some surveying to your members specifically around that? Have you listened and reacted? And so we're having a lot of conversations about how to raise your dues the right way. What does the pricing look like? And then let's model a few things to say, hey, if we raised our dues 50%, but we lost the bottom 10% of our membership, how does that shake out? Who are the members that we believe we would retain? And are those the real members that you're really trying to speak to anyway that are the bulk of the um, leaning on advocacy, where the most engagement is? Because if you lost the, t the bottom 10%, and you could say 10% based on revenue or 10% based on engagement. There's a lot of engagement scoring opportunities uh, to layer into that. And really, if you're focused on the top 90% of those that members that are engaged, and when I say engaged, like they're going to your events, they're volunteering, they're on boards, they're responding to your emails. Let's just go back a step. They're opening your emails. It's shockingly, how so many people just don't even open their emails from associations. Those are the people who are giving you all the indicators that they want to stay, they want to participate, they they want to be part of this, and they see the value because they didn't, they would have walked away, right? So there's the simplest way, it sounds silly, uh, to increase revenue so that you can do all of this investing in other areas of the organization is, is simply raise the dues. And I hope that these organizations feel that they're providing the value to do such. If not, let's have a conversation about how you could how you could add some real value Absolutely. And I would add from the human perspective, it's always a difficult uh, decision, I guess, to have to say, hey, we're going to charge more for something, right? It's something that you don't necessarily get excited about communicating to your membership base. I yeah. think that's maybe part of the problem. Um, however, the way what you just said makes perfect sense. If we're paying four times more now for eggs than we paid, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, you know, why, why wouldn't, <laughs> exactly. Why, why wouldn't we do the same in this sense? And then, so talk us, talk to us about how to communicate that to carefully to your members. Um, obviously, you know, maybe you're just always going to lose a certain percentage of people that just aren't willing to play ball with something that's completely reasonable. But I think over um, overall, it's going to be a net positive because the people that you lose are going to be offset by the increased revenue. Um, but I would be curious to know more about how you can carefully communicate that to your members because it makes sense completely logically how you just put it just now. So, you know, how can associations best communicate that? Yeah, and I, and I hesitate because some of those decisions that I mentioned on not raising dues 
can be driven on how your membership is structured. So if you imagine 80% of your dues revenue is coming from like three or four organizations, which that exists more than you think. And, and maybe the bulk of that comes from one, right? You feel like that is a member I can't lose. They probably have a very powerful seat on the board as such. All part of you know how things maybe were originally created or just how they evolved. So I don't want to say you need to to bow to that. It, it's a puzzle piece, right? You need to factor it in on how you communicate, and you and you start from the top. Um, you need to communicate that that is going to protect um, that eighty percent of your revenue in some form or fashion. Now we've talked associations through where you know you have a big three or four. We're going to lose one with this decision, but. Let me give you a three-year horizon on what we're going to be able to do with the resulting revenue that's generated, and then go back and target on either an evolving portion of the industry, or we're going to use that revenue to partner with another organization or another association, and, and maybe it's a full acquisition, maybe it's just an event share, maybe we're going to use the funds to buy back your event so that longer term you're going to do that, the right thing. But just thinking longer term, because it is easy to get caught in the vacuum of, what's this, what's going to happen like next year if I raise the dues? And as you said, Casey, there's always going to be people who fall out because of unreasonable, um, that the unreasonable piece is in their mind, right? A hundred percent. Netflix has raised their rates. How many times in the last couple of years, they, they believe they're adding tremendous value. And if you drop out because it raises, you know, the price raises a dollar or $2 a month, you don't, you weren't the one they were seeing the value for anyway. You weren't the one that was watching, you know, 16, 20 hours a week. I believe yeah. those people are out there. I'm not one of them, but um, it's not meant to be a Netflix ad sponsorship here. No, for so, sure. But but that's the idea. That that, that bottom 10%, again, that you raise them $100, um, it's just the fact that it, it came to light. So you're going to bring to light, hey, we're raising the dues, and they take that as the option to say, okay, I wasn't using this anyway. Okay, you're right. You aren't using it anyway. So uh, let's go find somebody who will. I couldn't have said that any better. It's a puzzle piece. And I think it's it's just a case-by-case basis. And Absolutely. another argument for why bringing in experts such as the Core Adventures family can be so beneficial, it's, it's always great to get a, another perspective on there because no two situations are the same. And, and like you said, you just pointed out something that completely, you know, could throw the whole theory off. I mean... It really is a case by case basis, and yeah, it, it's, to me it comes down to: Are you getting when you see the price hike? You know, YouTube TV just just jacked their price up. Uh, yeah, and and so you look at it and you say, Am I getting enough value from this to justify that price? I mean, I was sitting pretty, I guess, at sixty five dollars a month, and now it's seventy five dollars a month. Is it still valuable enough? And it really is. Um, you know, in the case for me on YouTube TV, I, I stuck with it, but I mean, it's, you, it made you think yeah. about it. Yeah. You, it, you have to think about it. And there is a, there is a, okay, what's my plan B? If the value isn't there, then you're, you're right. You are going to cancel and you're going to find a substitute and it might not be as a happy, you know, you might never be as happy as you were, but you know, there is competition and things that can take the place and even yeah. associations are going to deal with that. Um, but you imagine if they came back to you on YouTube, YouTube TV for a second and said, hey, you watch the following, you know, shows you even let hypothetically you can go in and rate them. I don't even know if you can do that on YouTube TV, 
but you rated them, you know, four or five stars on all these. And it starts to remind you of all the things that you really enjoyed about YouTube TV. Then you go, ah, what's another $10? Those were really good. You know, those were really good stations. Those are really good episodes. I enjoyed that. And that, again, another thought for associations, why not do that with your renewals? Here's all the things that you participated in. Here's all the affinity programs that you participated in. Here's how you rated them. You know, here's how much you saved. Here's how much, uh, you know, content you received, all of these things. And we're going up a hundred dollars. Check. I'm in. Exactly. Lucas McCann is joining us today, president and CEO of Core Adventures. He's also the day-to-day host of the Six Degrees of Associations podcast. It's been a great conversation. Any other final thoughts on how associations can raise revenue in today's modern environment? You know, we were we were just talking about dues renewal again um, and not being afraid to raise the rates. Sometimes it's just about perspective. If you're If you're in your industry for long enough, and you're sort of in your association, you know your members, you've got all that stuff covered. It's a big role, right? Being at the top of an association and, and, and on that sometimes small team, uh, even the large teams, you know, we still call small businesses, which they are based on number of employees. But um, sometimes you just want to see outside of your own industry for a perspective. And so that would, that's a, we do that a lot, right? We, we meet with an association and we just, we just want to benchmark ourselves against somebody else like our size. We want to talk about, uh, hey, have you seen other associations who have done something similar? Now, I will say you've met one association, you've met one association, that old adage, but you can look at a lot of different demographic factors and say, hey, you're very much like these other groups. We've seen them do this. Here's how we've helped them. And here's what it looked like on the other side. And so just Another concept around the idea of programs, the longer we can keep in that relationship to understand, looking back, our recommendations, our implementation, our resources at work, how did that do? You know, the better you get within that organization, but it also makes the greater industry better in that we're able to cross-pollinate the best of the best when it comes to ideas and best practices and what we've all seen. And so the core adventures family of brands just allows us collectively as organizations who are very focused on helping associations grow and and revenue for each of their different segments. We still look across the family. It's a small family at this point, but we still look across that and say, hey, we can take ideas and examples from the different organizations, even though we're focused on uh, fractional sales, we're we're focused on affinity programs, we're focused on consulting and research, there's still commonalities and trends amongst the organizations within the family to say, uh, we can still spot examples, we can still look outside of ourselves to better capture. And so we use that kind of silly mantra better together, but it's true, right? And and that's what we've you know seen some, some, some great sort of concepts and new ideas being able to branch outside of you're an individual client and, and, and impart some, some wisdom, if you will, to others. You've been listening to Six Degrees of Associations. I am your podcast producer, Casey Callanan, honored to join Lucas McCann for today's episode. He is the president and CEO of Core Adventures. And if you're interested in learning more about what we've been talking about today, please visit us, coreadventures.com. That's coreadventures.com, and you can learn more about all of the family members of Core Adventures there.
Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Casey.